Well, good morning. Good morning, everyone. It's great to, um, great to see so many faces there and to, to be together again. Um, I thank you very much, Shireen, um, for um, reading our scripture for us there. And thank you, Carol, for your prayer as well. We've got a very, very practical message um, for you all today. Um, but firstly, I just wanted to also welcome um, anyone who's, who's new to the Vine Baptist Church or perhaps even joining us for the very first time. A very big welcome to you as well. And I know this is a strange way to visit a church, but it's great to have you, you with us. So thank you. As I said, today's passage is very, very practical. It, it addresses the very issue of life when we, we can't be face to face. I recall hearing a story many years ago um, about the founder of Wycliffe Bible Translators, Cam Townsend. It was in the early days, and of course, they don't have mobile phones and email and so forth. They're talking jungle radio and snail mail, where airmail was actually a luxury. And he had the leaders together um, of the organisation for you know, one of those annual, annual meetings. And he, and he said to them, we're going to head our different ways now. And, and, and honestly, over the coming months, uh, we, we probably won't be able to see each other. There could be misunderstanding. There could be all manner of things that can create confusion for us. But can I implore, implore you to exercise grace and to just wait? Wait until we can get together again face to face. And, and there we will, um, in, in the Lord, we will sort out those, those little things that, that can come up and, and create confusion. You know, it's, it was very, very wise of him to just address the reality of, of misunderstanding and, and the various difficulties that can creep in when we can't be face to face. And that's exactly what Paul is, is doing in our passage before us today as, as well. He demonstrates this so beautifully. The very first thing he does is he writes to encourage the Thessalonians, which is remarkable because he's just received a report from Timothy, which is an encouragement to him. So there's this kind of cycle going on of mutual encouragement uh, Timothy comes back with a good report. Paul and, and Silas and Timothy himself, they're encouraged. And then now they turn that around and you'll see it. I see it there in verse 7, the word therefore. And he takes this opportunity whereby he is encouraged to now encourage them as well. Um, in, in what way uh, does he encourage them? Well, he reassures them that the report did several things for them. Well, firstly, it, it's, it eased some of the distress that they're feeling because of some of the persecution and some of the opposition that they were encountering. He says that in verse 7. In, in verse 8, he says, now we really live. The literal translation for that might be, we're invigorated. Now, can you imagine Paul, Silas and Timothy, you know, apart from the Thessalonian church, but, but he says, now we really live, that we're invigorated in their faith. And then thirdly, um, he, he also said, this report has given us great joy, the cause for great joy. In fact, we don't know how to thank God enough for the joy that we are now experiencing, he says there in verse 9. My very, very first pastorate was at a, a church in Queensland. I was a youth pastor, and, and it was very challenging. It was just a, a two-year pastorate, um, and, and don't get me wrong. Um, God was doing some amazing things. Many people from that church went to serving missions and ministry and are still doing so today. But it was tough. 
I was doing some studies at the same time and I had a supervisor for my studies and he would ring me from time to time. And even though technically he was my supervisor for my subject, the reality was he became like a friend and mentor. Um, I was on a corded phone, you know, kind of attached to the kitchen wall and, and Bron would be going in and out, you know, um, attending to the kids and so forth. And she could tell exactly who was on the phone. It's Alan Gordon. It's Alan Gordon and he's encouraging my husband and she would know it. And sometimes for about an hour, he would just talk to me. He would listen and basically encourage me. Those moments where I felt like giving up, um, I felt discouraged, meaning I didn't have enough courage to go on. And he would encourage me, meaning he would give me courage to go on. And that's what encouragement means. And that's what Paul is doing for the, for the Thessalonians. He's been encouraged. Timothy's report has given him courage. And now he turns that around and he uses that to give them courage and say, this report about your faith and your love, it's helped give me the courage I need to persevere, to continue on and, and to run the race well. So firstly, Paul encourages the others. And I... A uh, number, of, number of weeks ago, Ollie, I think it was, reached out and he said, hey, we would love to hear how you're doing. We really would. We, would. we would love to hear from you how you're going. It would be an encouragement to us. And we actually had a, a response to that by a few people. One, one lovely email stands out in particular where somebody just shared their heart, some of the struggles, some of the realities of, of how things were going. But then also, also just this encouragement for us. But in the midst of it all, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You can't, you can't imagine what an encouragement that was for us to read the email. And I wonder this week whether there's somebody that, whose face, you know, particularly just pops into your head. And you think, you know, well, I haven't seen a lot of people <laughs> over the last months. But this particular person, maybe the Lord's bringing them to mind. And uh, I, I, I wonder... Is this an opportunity for you to reach out to them, to encourage them, to give them courage? How might you do that? Tell them how you're going. Um, tell them what have been some of the challenges for you, but, but also tell them in the midst of that, how has the Lord provided and sustained you? Encourage them. Give them courage by letting them know how good the Lord has been to you. Secondly, after Paul encourages the Thessalonians, he also shares with them his prayer for them. It's a, it's a particular prayer. It's a prayer that comes to mind and it must come to mind for Paul often because he says, day and night, I'm praying for you. It wasn't just a moment and a particular prayer, but no, this is, this is very much on his heart. And day and night, he is, he is repeating this prayer. What, what is it? What, how does he pray for them? Well, he, he goes on to tell us in the, in the coming verses. Um, firstly, in verse 10, he says, well, firstly, my prayer is really practical. I want to come and see you again. I, I want the Lord to actually make a way for us to come and see you and to be able to supply what is lacking in your faith. Now imagine somebody saying those words to you, to supply what is lacking in your faith. Would you be insulted or would you be encouraged? Would you be insulted because, what do you mean what's lacking in my faith? Do you, <laughs> my basket's full, or would you be encouraged? You know what? My basket is never full enough. <laughs> yes, there's always something, that, something else that I could receive from the Lord. And hey, 
if I can minister to you and you can minister to me and we can supply to each other from Father what might be lacking in our faith, well, that's going to be a good thing, isn't it? Certainly, Paul meant it as an encouragement. And I pray that as we, as we eagerly anticipate coming together again so that we can minister to one another, that you would be encouraged by others who may actually be able to um, supply what might be lacking in your faith. The sense here is, I've, I've shared with you before um, an illustration, haven't I, a, uh, a very, very simple one about being, being rescued in the water. Um, a surf lifesaver or somebody may swim up to you and they've got you, they've saved you, but you've still got to get to shore, don't you? Um, and, and so Jesus has us in his grip. But, but then there comes that moment where we need to hang on to Jesus, keep hanging on to Jesus. Uh, don't get confident and think we can, we can do this ourselves. Let Jesus and Jesus alone be the one who is going to get us to shore. You're saved, but you've still got to get to shore. There are still things that, that we are lacking in our faith and, and we need Jesus and Jesus alone to be able to, to supply. And Paul is saying, I can't wait to come and minister to you once more and to be able to help under God supply what might be lacking in your faith. And what might that be? Well, the first thing, he says, and he's really, really capturing what he said very, very early, way back up there in verse six, Timothy has given me a good, a, a good report about your faith and your love. And now he goes on again. And what might be lacking in their faith? Well, these, these very things. Firstly, that their love. We can never love enough, can we? Um, Paul wants their love to, to, to be filled up so full that it is overflowing. Um, that their love might overflow to, to one another in the same way that Paul's love overflows to them. And you can see that um, there in um, uh, verse, uh, verse 12. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else as, as well. Kind of sounds a little bit like our studies in First John, doesn't it? Where, where John repeatedly just said, little children, love one another, love one another. We can never hear that message enough, can we? And, um, and Paul is saying very much the same thing. Uh, I, back when we were in First John, I was using an example about God's cascading love, love like, like standing under a waterfall and, and the love of God pouring down upon us. And we might look outward sometimes to a world of great need and think, you need love and you need love and you need love. I, I, I don't... I, I don't have enough love for all of the needs around me. And my encouragement back then and my encouragement once more would be don't, don't look outward and, and feel overwhelmed. Look upward. Look back, back up the waterfall at the cascading love of God that is flowing towards you and flowing over you and allow that to be poured out towards others as well. God will give you what you need in order to, to love others as well. Let your love overflow to others. He loves, God loves to answer that prayer. Uh, that is a prayer that you can pray confidently according to his will. You can know whenever you pray that your love will increase for others, that you are praying according to the will of God. He will do on earth what has been agreed upon in him. And he has agreed to, to make you the most loving person that has ever walked the earth. Keep praying that prayer. He will answer it. Um, absolutely. And then the second thing that Paul is praying is that your heart will be strengthened. 
Um, this is this is not the not the prayer of the cardiologist. This is this is the prayer of a, a spiritual leader who who wants your faith to become more and more steadfast, more and more firm. But it's a beautiful it's a beautiful way of expressing it, isn't it? That that everybody would take heart, that their heart would be truly, genuinely, genuinely strengthened in the Lord, that they would be firm in their faith. And in what way? Look at verse 13 there. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. This is a prayer, I believe, that, well, this part of Paul's prayer, I believe, is, is aimed at reassuring the Thessalonians of their standing in Christ Jesus. He is wanting their hearts to be strong and firm in their faith, that they know that in Christ Jesus, they are blameless and holy, or holy and blameless. That is to say that that Jesus has them covered. Um, The phrase we sometimes use, use around the church, or I use a little bit, is making sure that you're wearing the right coat. Um, we can we can put on different coats in Scripture, and Paul particularly talks about clothing yourself in Christ Jesus, making sure that every day and every moment of every day you stand in nothing less than the very righteousness of Jesus Christ. Choose carefully the coat that you put on each morning, the coat you choose to wear. Don't put on don't put on the projections of others. Don't put on the obligations that you place upon yourself. Don't wear those coats. Don't do that. <laughs> but instead. Put on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Stand in that alone. Know that before your your heavenly Father, you are blameless and holy. That's the way he sees you. You are covered by Jesus Christ. He has you covered. Um, It's a beautiful thought. It's a thought that is supposed to inspire confidence for the return of Jesus, which is exactly what Paul is talking here. Jesus will return. You will stand in his very presence. I don't, I don't know um, if you've met somebody before that has just made you feel nervous. Maybe as an adult, you, you've grown in your confidence, but perhaps you can think back to when you were a child and you, you, know, you stood before the principal. I stood before the principal several times, actually. And, and they were nerve-wracking moments. I, I got nervous. And you, you're sort of, oh, I don't know how this is going to go. What excuse do I have this time? And, um, uh, you know... One day you're going to stand before your heavenly Father. Jesus Christ himself will be present there. You you might picture that moment and think, I'll be nervous. Well, rightly so. We're going to be be seeing the very splendor of God. Um, Scripture tells us that nobody can see God and live. I mean, it's it's going to be awesome. But our confidence is this. Jesus has you covered. You will be standing there in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, holy and blameless. And and Paul wants the Thessalonians to to understand this and and for their faith to be built up, that that they would, their heart would be strengthened, that their faith in this, this confidence they have in Christ Jesus, that he has them covered, absolutely covered, that they would know that they can stand strong in that. So they would take heart. The message here is very, very simple. Take heart. Jesus has you covered. Well, this is Paul's prayer. It was a beautiful prayer, isn't it? 
He encourages them and then he prays for them. And the prayer is that I can come and supply what might be lacking. Firstly, that your love might be so full that it will overflow to others. And then secondly, that your heart would be strong, that you'll stand firm in your faith and know that Jesus Christ is enough. Um, you know, in many, many ways, my, my job is sometimes complicated. And I remind myself that it's actually very, very simple. Um, I, I can picture my job by picturing what, what would be the ultimate outcome for me. Um, one, I'll celebrate, I think it's, I think it's my, my 54th birthday next Sunday. Oh, I know. You, you all know that. You're already planning on getting me something special. I'm like, no, just kidding you. But, but next to that, I, I'm 50. I think I'm 54. You see, it's one of those numbers that I'm not exactly sure. Actually, I can see, I can see my sister-in-law, Andrea, nodding. She's just, she's a little bit ahead of me. And she, if I ever forget, she'll remind me. But, um, but so I'll be 54. Now, here's what I've worked out. Every time I have a birthday, the number goes up. And I think my lifespan goes down. There is a certain trajectory here. I don't know when you realize that in your life, but I have realized it. Um, I'm not getting younger. One of these days, you know, I, I guess I have to kind of calculate the, the, the end of certain things. I won't pastor the Vine Baptist Church for the rest of my life. And so I sort of think to myself, and this helps me put my job into perspective, what's the thing that I would like to leave? It strikes me probably two things. Firstly, that the day that, that, that I finish up, you sort of won't notice it too much. I, I mean, I kind of hope you miss me a little bit, but, but, but you know what I mean? I never, ever want you to be dependent upon me. Personality, charisma, well, hopefully I'm a nice person, but, but I don't want your faith to be dependent upon me. There's a sense in which I hope you, you don't even skip a heartbeat. <laughs> but that come that time that, oh, gee, it's been good that Stuart pastored us or shepherded us over this time. But, and by the way, I've got no, I don't want to scare you. I'm not having a crisis here. But, but here's just speaking from the heart. I hope that you have not in any way created a dependence upon me. But your dependence is upon Jesus Christ. That is my honest, heartfelt prayer. My job is, is to help you stand firm in your faith in Jesus Christ. And then the second part of my job is to avoid you becoming dependent upon me, but only Jesus. And to that end, to repeat a message. And it is this, hang on to Jesus, hang on to Jesus, hang on to Jesus. <laughs> Now, I want to model that for you as well. I don't want to just say it. I want to keep modeling it for you. I'm hanging on to Jesus. I'm hanging on to Jesus. But remember that image. Um, Jesus has you, but between here and the shore, you've got to keep hanging on. Jesus is enough for you. He will never fail you. He will always be there for you. And he is enough for you. So please hang on to Jesus. Hang on to Jesus. Hang on to Jesus. And then after, after a time, you know, um, my job will be done and you won't hear me say that. And yet, my prayer is that you'll keep hearing me say that. <laughs> that you'll, you'll just keep hearing. I, I, remember what, I remember what Pastor Stuart used to say. Hang on to Jesus. Hang on to Jesus. Hang on to Jesus. And then he went and modeled it for us. That's my job. It kind of is pretty simple, isn't it? Not to create a dependence upon me, but to leave these words echoing around your heart and mind 
hang on to Jesus. I've got to hang on to Jesus. Jesus is enough. That's it. That's my encouragement to you. That was Paul's encouragement to the Thessalonians. He wanted them to, to take heart, to be strengthened in their heart. Jesus is enough. He's got you covered. Stand in his righteousness. On that day, you'll know, you'll know that he has you covered and you can stand there with confidence and let your love overflow to one another. Well, God bless. That's my prayer for you all. And I think Bella's got a song for us that, that speaks to to that very thing. So, so God, God bless you. Let me, let me pray with you. Jesus, thank you for these encouraging words. No, we can't be together at this particular time, but we hear the encouragement of Paul to the Thessalonians and your encouragement to us. May we encourage one another's hearts. May we be in prayer for one another, that our love would overflow and, and, and continue to increase and that we would stand strong in our faith that our hearts will be strengthened in you. Jesus, you're enough. We're hanging on to you, and we'll keep hanging on. Praise you, Jesus. We love you. Amen.